so this is very exciting to be Ooh. together um, again. <laughs> Um, Tim and I work together at Gas Street Church, uh, where Tim and Rachel are the senior pastors. Um, Tim will be known to many of us as a, a worship leader of some renown, um, <laughs> of great renown. Um, and together, why we're doing this interview is because together we've kind of helped shape this book, um, put it together. We've written some of the chapters. So we thought it'd be really helpful uh, just to talk a bit more about the book in general and also some of the stuff we've written. And one of the things we've realised is... Oh, go on, Tim. Oh, I need to introduce you. Oh, please. Yes. <laughs> Nick, Nick is not only a reverend, he's also a doctor. Um, he's did a PhD in... What's the exact title go of your on, PhD, Nick? Go on, go on. Uh, looking at the notion of encounter, how we encounter God in sung worship. Yeah. So, And then Nick is um, our associate vicar, uh, Gastry has been a worship pastor for many years. Him and his wife, Becky, run an amazing ministry called Worship for Everyone, which is how the whole family can engage in worship, particularly some worship. So you know a thing or two as well about worship. Well, so, stop uh, it. Your, your intro is far <laughs> superior to mine for you. Well, um, I didn't want to say. Um, you can get all the merch for Worship for Everyone. You, via... you, need, you need no <laughs> intro. That's the Nick's thing. a photographer as well. <laughs> Nicholas James <laughs> Photography. We've got photos up on our walls. All right, so on to uh, the book, which is why people have come here um, or are <laughs> listening to this. Um, Tim, tell us a bit about the vision for the book. Like, what, what are the strengths of this book? You know, what, what are we trying to do with this book on worship? Well, I think it's um, really exciting. You know, Spring Harvest last year, we're looking at this thing of prayer, and they felt very strongly as a leadership team that um, the follow-up needs to be to look at, at worship. Um, I mean, I think what's amazing, and no one could have foreseen this, that the year a book around worship is is kind of written and uh, the theme for all these Spring Harvest events is worship is, is in a year where the one thing we've not really been able to do is gather together to public to sing and worship has been, um, you know, challenged because of COVID-19. So I think there's something God is doing, actually, in our nation, the importance of worship declaring the praises of god um spending time in the presence of god um the power of worship and praise and so i think the, the reason behind this book was just to give some teaching into it and and often um books and worship can be slightly left to what's for you know the musicians and the worship teams and the singers and the band but no, this is a book for everyone. What is worship? What happens when we worship? Why do we worship? Who do we worship? And so this book really is trying to look at these key themes and pulling in different voices um, to speak into some of these different subjects. You've got a great analogy around a Polaroid camera and a, <laughs> and a wedding. Yeah, so um, in the, in the um, introduction, um, which I write about just how, I don't know if people remember weddings where you, well, before COVID weddings, where you'd get given uh, a camera and um, like a, a disposable camera to take all the shots uh, yourself. And then you'd hand them in maybe to the bride and groom afterwards and they'd develop them, you know, once they got home. And, and the beauty of that is you'd see all these different perspectives on the wedding that you, you weren't expecting. And, and I guess that's kind of what, what we were trying to do with this book and what has come across really well in all the chapters is just all these different viewpoints from practitioners, from pastors, thinkers, theologians on why, why we worship and why it's so important. So I think that's one of the, 
real yeah. strength, isn't it, in the book? Absolutely. Um, so you, you've mentioned, like, Tim, we, we divide the book into, you know, who and why we worship. Uh, so looking at some of the nature of who God is, uh, then where and how we worship. So worshiping on our own, worshiping together when we gather, worshiping through our workplaces and where we're, where we're scattered. And then the final section is what happens when we worship, isn't it? Looking at intimacy, uh, praise as a kind of weapon uh, in battle. Mm-hmm in spiritual battle um, and, and then there's a the book ends with the future of worship which i want to return to because you write one of the chapters there but just to go back to the start mm. you write on why we worship right at the start like at this opening mm. chapter and you talk about uh, worship not just being an invitation but um that we're that we're created to mm. to worship so it's both an invitation uh, and something just in our dna just talk a bit a bit about that because that's such an exciting twin concept to fuel worship isn't it yeah i mean i think it's looking at why why did god create humanity um he he didn't create us you know because he's bored or um you know this egotistical wanted to create this kind of like um you know mass of people no he created us for relationship to be able to share in the wonder and the goodness of who he is you know the god the father god the son god the Holy spirit was out of the overflow of this love and community and relationship god i want people to be able to join in with this so we're created for this deep relationship with god and to me that is what worship is worship is ultimately human beings responding to god's initiating love we love because he first loved us so you know why were we created um was for this relationship and so it's really looking at these things and again um digging into the deeper story of worship it's not about singing a few songs it's not about you know attending a church gathering it's not about giving money or bible study it's about it's an enjoyment uh the westminster catechism which would teach people before they, you know, you know, before perhaps people could read so well, you know, what is the chief end of humankind and the chief end of humankind is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And I think that's the thing we've sometimes lost in the church is the sense of enjoyment of worship that God has made himself known and available and in his presence. There's just such abundance of, of life and hope and purpose and peace. Um, I think in this chapter I talk about um, a theologian, James Torrance. He talks about these two ways of looking at worship. One is as a um, task, which I think is how often we can think of it, you know, something we have to do. It's all about rules and regulations, and it can be very religious, which is where I think the church has sometimes lost its way. Or we see actually worship is it's a gift. As you said, it's this invitation to join in this relationship between God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And in that place is, is life. And so I think one of the things we're hoping to capture is to envision people about the excitement of worship. And I know for me personally, you know, busy demanding job, you know, family, you know, with so many pressures in life, actually for me to spend time before God, not necessarily singing, but just enjoying him and receiving and processing with him and casting my cares and anxieties onto him. I find such um, yeah, enjoyment and, and hope and strength to live my life. Um, so that's, I think, what we're really trying to do. And, and, and that, because um, you, you talk about in, in that chapter, in that opening chapter, 
you use Romans 12, yeah. you know, in view of God's mercy, offer yeah. yourselves as a living sacrifice. And that we often focus when we, when people talk about worship or do sermons on worship, we focus on the living sacrifice, like and, and the, the beautiful yeah. message version, you know, lay all, yeah. all the areas of your life out, you know, on the altar kind of thing, your everyday life. But you, you, pick up which i love on the in view of god's mercy which is what you're talking yeah. about here isn't it like, like in view of god's abundant love for us like th this overflow of his desire to have us in his life yeah. uh, i think you say god isn't lonely he just mm. loves us like he wants us just because yeah. um yeah how how do we communicate that in the church like how do you do that in church so to speak mm. have you got any What's that mean? Yeah, well, <clears throat> but that's right. I, again, I, I think sometimes when we thought of worship, we put it down. Perhaps even sometimes with, with prayer. So it's like you've got to sing these songs and you've got to do it in this way and you've got to, you know, clap along or, or, or other traditions. It's, you know, it's lighting a candle, it's incense and it's, lit you know, set liturgies. I think we've got to realize that we're all wired differently and this enjoyment of God is going to be experienced and expressed differently. So for some people, it's going to be getting out in creation. Like for me, to be honest, I love, you know, a walk in the country, just kind of breathing in just beautiful surroundings, reminding me that, you know, there's a bigger picture, bigger perspective space with God for others. It might be sitting quietly, you know, lighting a candle, you know. I mean, this is my chair. I'll often sit and pray and just sitting down. And I think as I get older, I, I realize um, it's not always about what I have to pray or bring in my list before God. It's just sitting and, oh, God, you know, I just want to catch this moment with you. Um, for, for others, um, more extroverts, you're going to find that enjoyment and engagement and worship much more with other people. You know, for some, just being on your own is a disaster and you actually need to get around people and you need to talk about who God is. That's why, you know, studying the Bible together or singing some songs together or just talking. You know, one of the things we work hard in, in our church, our staff team, is telling stories of what God is doing because it reminds us that God didn't just work 2,000 years ago, you know, when the Bible was written, God is working today. And actually yesterday there was this amazing story of what God did in this person's life. That just reminds us that God is alive and active and engaging in our lives. Mm. I, I was hearing a story just the other day of someone articulating like, you know, who hasn't been coming to church, who hasn't, yeah. you know, been, been what they would say is walking with God, you know, but they, they said this line, this amazing line, you know, God, God is, I know God's real now. Like mm. I've had this, you know, oh, oh my goodness, he's real. Like, yeah. and that's that's what we're getting at. That's what worship does. You write a lot in the chapter uh, about what worship does in a sense, like that it's so key for the church. It's so key for our individual, personal lives, corporate lives, because it it's the place of life. It's the place where where hist what would just be history becomes reality in our lives, right? Yes. Um, and, and you talk... Yeah, and, and, and go on. Go on. No, you, go, you, 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 please, no, I please. defer to you. I defer to you. You're, I, you're I, a doctor. I'm a mere, I'm a mere reverend. You're a reverend doctor. Uh, you wrote here I am to worship though. So that, that's the trump <laughs> That's the winning on the trump card. Um, I, 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 you know, I was just going to add on to that. Of course, you mentioned in, in, in the chapter about how it first became real for you. I think you were at a festival when you were a teenager, yeah. you know, and, and that moment where worship was the place, right? Where head knowledge kind of dropped to heart for you. Yes, yeah, so, um, conference called New Wine, and um, 
11 years old. My dad's a vicar. So I grew up, you know, I've gone to church all my life, knew all the stories. But just walking into this room and seeing all these people passionately singing. And I think even back then, 11 years, I, the thing in my head was like, gosh, these people aren't just singing about something. They're singing to yeah. someone. There was such passion such a sense of devotion that it was like, it really impacted me. And then I think, obviously I believe the spirit of God was at work and it was like a, a revelation. God can be known. And actually knowing God is the best thing that could ever happen to someone. And, you know, 11 years old, it, it was a key moment. I was filled with the spirit. I never looked back, you know, nothing the world has got to offer as been as appealing or you know there's obviously things you get tempted by that's another another podcast for another day nicholas but um uh, <laughs> like, oh please please tell tell us <laughs> it'd, it'd probably be a much more exciting podcast but no but you know it's like this is it this is what i'm here on earth for to know god and, and it's from there that i went home and eventually let's play the guitar and we spend hours in my room worshiping and singing and engaging with god reading the bible praying connecting with friends and church and it, it changed me. But it, it, I mean, I, th I think the role of the spirit is really key in all this. And actually, Nick, that's, you write a brilliant chapter on, I guess, there. the age <laughs> and the work of the Holy Spirit. Because I think, again, <clears throat> um, worship is only possible by the spirit of God. So, I mean, yeah. and again, I think the spirit of God and the movement of the Holy Spirit is often massively misunderstood in the church. Or we think, you know, crazy charismatics but you know and then but just talk about how you see the role of the spirit in releasing worship yeah so in the opening part of the book we have you know this three chapters on the nature of god don't we yeah. um father son and spirit um and um there's some tremendous stuff in in there um from from some of the other authors and contributors but yeah mm. I, I write this what uh, chapter on the holy spirit in worship and i guess um exactly what you said like it, it tends to be that if you mention holy spirit worship people especially christians existing christians just go oh charismatic pentecostal hands in the you know happy clappy hands in the air or, or craziness in some way you know what i mean and mm. so for a lot of people it can straight away become like a very boxed in subject and and mm. straight away the next the next decision that happens in someone's consciousness when they hear it is like oh that's not me you know often you know oh, that, that, I'm not sure about that it's not me it's not my kind of thing and I guess that that really bothers me and so I guess one of the passions of my life is to try and communicate well the mm. person and work of the spirit uh, and the person and work of the spirit I think are so interwoven with the acts of uh, worship in our lives and, and when we get together uh, because, you know, obviously the work and personal spirit are way broader than that. They're just to do with the whole Christian life, you know, life in the spirit uh, that Paul writes about. But I think a lot of it has traction and is activated when when we worship and when mm. we're with our brothers and sisters, when, we, when we're together, there is something there that is hard to articulate, but is so powerful and important about the kind of activation of, what Jesus has done on the cross in us. Yeah. So it's, it, it's not just the gifts of the spirit that are facilitated in, in times of worship from what Corinthians is 12 to 14, you know, um, but it's, it's a, it's a broader, bigger awakening. Mm. It's a broader and bigger 
resurrection movement in us and through us in every mm. way personally being changed being transformed but also like corporately like we get fresh vision when we come to worship don't we we get kind of from the holy spirit yeah. like a lift your eyes up this is what i've called you to and you can do it like i i am mm. your source i am your resource i am the power of god in and through you you're not on your own church mm. let's move let's go in god's yeah. breath and and so i think that's i don't know if anyone any of that resonates with people no, listening good, or, or with you tim but that's I think that's why I was trying to communicate in the chapter that it's not just a narrow topic, but it's 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 yeah. it's everything really to do with worship. The Holy Spirit, His work in it. Um, I think it's so right because I think spirit-led worship is not a style of yeah. worship. It, it is the only possible way to worship. Um, yeah, and that yeah, I think it's, it's really exciting. Yeah, and so just on the let's move to your last chapter, Tim. Uh, <laughs> near the end, we, we we thought it was like important and, and kind of fun <laughs> to to look mm. at like the future of worship. And what we did mm. is um, we asked uh, this amazing guy, Dr. Daryl Johnson, uh, out in Vancouver, to write on 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 Revelation and what we see the, yeah. the vision of worship there. Uh, but also, then you craft a chapter on, on kind of what you see for worship going on and yeah. what your hopes are. Mm. Um, and, and you recently kind of summarized it in a rousing speech uh, to some of the, <laughs> the Spring Harvest team. Uh, yeah. And I'd just love to give you a chance to just share that a bit more. Why? Because some of that was really great about, and maybe this concept of, of rewilding you talked about. Yeah. Just tell us a bit about that. Yeah. So um, one of the themes we've been looking at is this concept of rewilding. And so, um, in um, West Sussex, there's a, it's called the Nep Estate, three and a half thousand acres of land. And for many years, you know, they've farmed the land, you know, high levels of, you know, expectancies around goals and outcomes. And so, they, you know, work so hard to try and create, um, you know, revenue and, and impact. And they were exhausted and they just thought, we're going to try an experiment called rewilding, where basically they let everything grow. So they just let the, you know, no fences. They didn't, you know, farm any of the land or the wildlife, the habitats. Everything just began to grow and expand. And what they found after a number of years is all of these rare species of animals began to return, you know, um, different types of birds, purple emperor butterflies. No big question of yours. Know them well. Um, (laughs) The peregrine falcon which isn't a spacecraft from Star Wars. But, um, I think it's a bird. But all, all of this stuff began to come, began to come back. And um, it became this incredibly rich, diverse, beautiful landscape. And then off the back of that, people were so fascinated. Um, people came visiting. They've set up a whole bunch of businesses. Financially, they're doing better than they've ever done. And actually, lots of other farmlands uh, are, are doing similar experiments. And it's this sense of just stopping trying to control and shape and form everything by human hand letting letting it be wild and i guess as we sort of thought about that i just think it's a good little picture of perhaps the danger of where the church could end up being where i think um we work really hard to create these amazing worship experiences really hard to try and get people into church work hard on the flow of our worship you know from songs and readings and talks and if your church is lots of production and videos and art and visual 
doing everything we can to try and create these amazing moments where, and I think if I'm honest, I feel like sometimes the concept's been, we want people to walk into, and I've even heard people talk about this, you know, we walk, want people to walk into church and think this is like being at a Justin Bieber concert or a Coldplay or, you know, whoever you listen to, Nicholas. Um, and, and again, it feels like it's all trying to be done in our own strength. And what I see is a lot of very tired church leaders and we're not seeing crazy amounts of people coming to faith and i just wonder where in worship there's something about letting the spirit run wild just less control more risk more wildness you know i look at the worship i see in the, in the new testament the early church you know everyone bringing a psalm hymn spiritual song this kind of just much more spontaneous you know they suddenly start praying for something and the room starts shaking and boldness comes upon them or uh, someone falls out a window and drop down dead and after Paul's been preaching too long and they get down and they pray over him he comes back to life I mean <laughs> that is the living dynamic church we see in the early church and I, I just think I feel like we need to get a bit more back to that where our worship is less about production and it's more about passion um, where there's much more risk and certainly what we uh, were seeing in gastric before lockdown now obviously we're online but felt like the more space we created in our gathered services for worship, for the spirit to move, for people to be prayed for, the more people we're seeing come to Christ. Um, I, th I think people are looking for a, a, a spiritual experience and we're still trying to just speak to their rationale, their minds, their intellects, but everyone's trying to find these spiritual things through whatever it is, sex, or, you know, drugs or whatever, money. And, and it's the spirit of God that can, meet that deep longing bring that revelation so that's really what i'm trying to get at i just would love to see freedom and like you know it says isn't it 2 corinthians 3 17 i think where the spirit of the lord is there is freedom and i think that's i, I get so excited about what could happen if the church recaptures some of that joy and freedom i love that it's so inspiring less production more passion fantastic <laughs> um and I think every generation, every church, like we need to be brought back to that, don't we? Like whatever, whether one is, uh, you know, working in office Monday to Friday as a Christian, whether one is yeah. a church, you know, worker or leader, wherever mm. we are mm. talking about is that the danger of doing stuff in our own strength, ending up yeah. like starting well and then ending up just doing stuff out of our own strength yeah. and ability. Um, and so I guess what you're issuing at the end of the book in this chapter is like a call back. Um, yeah. Like we've been, we, you know, we're going to be working through a revelation series of gastric, aren't we? And that call back to the first love. Yeah. It's that, isn't it? It's like, Hey, you guys, you started well, there's so much of this in revelation isn't there? In, the, in the seven letters, you started well, but you're here. Come yeah. back, return that whole return, come back. The prodigal son, uh, and I guess there's a hope there, there is, because there's always a place in God for people to come back. And there's always yeah. a place. And even though if it's churches, that's what you get in these seven letters in Revelation to the angels, the church. There's this sense of the whole church come back. Like there's a there's a place of passion. And, and, and that's why, again, this, these themes of prayer and worship are essential, because the truth is, if we think about the UK, the state of the UK, the devastation from covid uncertainties around brexit the 
you know, the, the lack of church attendance, like in Birmingham, I think it's about 1.1% of our population go to church, you know, and to think that just by simply us working a bit harder, you know, getting, if we could improve our preaching a little bit or our music a bit, that would be the key change. No, we need full on spirit revival. It's, you know, it has to I be mean, a you, move you, of God. We, we do need to improve our preaching a little bit though, don't we? As well? <laughs> Maybe a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, and you can tune up your singing a bit, Nick, but we, we need yeah. to see in, and, and, and how, how are we going to access those things? I honestly, it's going to be through prayer and it's going to be through worship. It's going to be through time in God's presence. Um, you know, one of the things we talk about is, you know, this, and Noel Robinson talks about it as well, you know, the power of praise, worship as a weapon, that when we praise, we see God's kingdom break through and invade. And, you know, it's like worship is a key, I think, to unlock the resources of heaven. And and so I, I just think I, I get excited as I begin to um, imagine the church in the UK awakening to worship. You know, I was just on a phone call with a whole bunch of national church leaders today. And someone was saying, because um, the church at the moment is being um, incredible at engaging in areas of poverty, food distribution. You know, we, we're working with councils and uh, it's amazing the impact the church is having in terms of community and social um, yeah. care. But our calling isn't just to be social workers. Our calling is to proclaim the name of Jesus Christ. And we've mm. got to... Not not dial down the investment engagement with the poor, raise that up. But at the same time, we need to be singing and proclaiming that the way, the truth and the life is Jesus Christ, that he is the hope of the world. He is um, the light of the world. So I, I think this um, opportunity for the church to lean in more to worship is really, really exciting. I mean, Nick, what, what would you say your hope for this book is? What, what would you, you know, you, you're an old man lying on your rocking <laughs> chair you know, <laughs> little blanket Sorry, are you describing you? the present day? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you just you've um, just done your you just done your crossword. What would you think? Uh, oh, I'm so chuffed that that book achieved this or, or kickstarted that. Crosswords for for anyone interested, they're not my thing. <laughs> but um, um, is it? You know, I I know in my life, like books, as you can see, books have been really part of my my worship. You know, when I when mm. I read truth about God. It, it, it makes me want to worship it more. Mm. And, um, and, and so for me, like, like, yeah, gathering with people to sing has been really important, but, but reading a book on my own has been really important. Like mm. if I, if for me, and I know some of this personality, if I don't read something new about God each day, I, I, I just go downwards. You know, I, I don't, yeah. it doesn't open me up. It doesn't, it doesn't give me firm foundation. So whether that's a, just a Bible uh, not just the Bible, whether that's the Bible or, or whether that's, you know, a book on worship. And so I guess mm. for me, it's a privilege to, to have done this book. Um, and, and, and I guess my hope is, and our hope is, isn't it, that, that this book will do that for people, that, that you know, mm. anyone listening or watching this, you know, when you are reading the book through, that it will not just give information or be nice little ideas about worship, but it will truly open your, your heart yeah. up to, to dive further in because what we're talking about is not history it's not science textbook it's not theory it's like this reality in front of our faces but we can't see it but he's here and so how can i how can you live more in that reality of god father son and holy spirit and so i'm yeah. praying 
that the spirit of God works through the text and and really there's there's a there's an encounter for people even in the reading of the book. Was that a good answer? So good. Brilliant answer. Um, hey, can I buy should... it, Nick? <laughs> <laughs> Available at all good booksellers and retailers. <laughs> hopefully. Um, hopefully. Um, so it'd be great just to to pray, Tim. I don't know. Um, mm. uh, we we you know just to pray for people listening or or hearing this on double speed, maybe as they're doing their dishes. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, would you just pray? something of an impartation you mentioned, I guess that maybe that first love mm. thing or, or wh- mm. whatever you think just over people as we kind of land. Yeah. No. Well, thank you people for listening and going to pray Lord Jesus. Thank you that <clears throat> you're amazing. Lord, thank you that you so love the world that you stepped into the world, took on human flesh and revealed the heart of God, that God could be made known and God could be, um, personal and, and we, we can have this amazing relationship mm. with you and I just want to pray for everyone listening everyone wanted to grow deeper in their understanding of you wanted to grow in their worship that you by your spirit even now would flood their hearts their yeah. minds illuminate their thinking with the wonder of who you are Lord forgive us for where we put you in a box we get so familiar with you the stories we get casual with you uh and and lord i pray that you would uh, disrupt our thinking you would uh invite us into the enormity of who you are and i pray that we'd find ourselves just full of gratitude full of wonder full of excitement full of anticipation of all that is to come and lord as we were talking we pray that we'd see right throughout your church in the uk and beyond just an awakening of your people in passion in love lord where the church has become so often known as being a bit boring and pushed to the margins lord i pray that people would say wow there's there's fire in the church there's a passion in the church the church they're doing these wild radical things they're caring and loving in the most extraordinary ways and i pray that um there'd be an awakening of worship in our land pray this in your holy name amen 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 thank you tim thanks for your time thank you nick no it's great good to chat